Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. And today we are so pleased to welcome to the Loftcast Ginger Hubbard, who is the author of several books, including I Can't Believe You Just Said That, which is the book that we're going to talk about today. Um, Her other books are Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms. Um, And I guess those are the three that she's written. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences and homeschool conventions across the country. And she co-hosts the Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's in your area at gingerhubbard.com. And we will also have that link on the notes for this episode. Welcome, Ginger, and thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. I've been excited about being on your show and encouraging your listeners. So I appreciate it. Good. Well, let's talk about your book. There are so many great parenting books out there, and we have so many of them on our shelf here at the Homeschool Loft. <laughs> and but what sort of advice are you offering that makes you your book different from the others and stand out as unique? Well, Jenny, as a national speaker, I have listened to parents all over the country really express their heartache over their inability to tame the tongues of their kids. And like you and like me, they've read the books, they've tried the advice, but they've remained frustrated because it just seems like nothing's working. So, and I can't believe you just said that. What I've tried to do in this book is expose some of those faulty child training methods, which fail to reach the heart and then equip parents with sort of a toolbox full of illustrations and examples uh, for implementing biblical principles in a practical way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm with you. There are a lot of great parenting books out there. Um, And a lot of them have a lot to say about what the Bible says about parenting. But I have found that many of them, even though they're full of scripture that are helpful for parenting, few offer the information that parents need most, which is how to practically apply those scriptures to the tongue related struggles their children face in everyday life. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Um, We were talking before we connected with you here. um, And almost every week we're talking, Jenny and I, that the people who come and visit us at the loft, um, they want to start homeschooling. They are, you know, they weren't necessarily planning on it, right? Nobody the last two years necessarily was planning on it. And now they are (laughs) and they (laughs) love it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, so many of them come and want to get our advice Mm -hmm. and really has nothing to do with homeschooling. It has everything to do with parenting. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they really are at a loss and now their children are home all the time. So all the, I guess the, the sins of their children that were probably prevalent at school that they didn't really notice eight Mm -hmm. hours a day, (laughs) they're seeing them all day long. So I can totally resonate with what you're saying in terms of, um, what I've heard you say is that, you know, parents are kind of lose feeling like they're losing control of their kids. Children feel like, and seem like they're losing respect for their parents. Um, And it seems like kids don't have a filter, like they're undisciplined. 
Um, how do you think that we've gotten here? Big question as a nation. I mean, nothing like sociology 101, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Tina, you know, as well as I do that we live in a nation that defies God at every point, including mm-hmm. child training. Yes. And, you know, it's not that parents don't desire obedience and respect from their children. I, I dare say all parents desire to raise obedient, mm-hmm. respectful kids, but many parents fail to achieve those results. And I believe that reason is twofold. I think the first problem is that many parents in an attempt to get their children to obey and to show that verbal respect, they've adopted these faulty child training methods, which focus only on that outward behavior Mm -hmm. of their kids, but they fail to reach the heart. So many parents uh, that I've talked to, they've developed this philosophy that if they can get their children to act right, to behave, that they're raising them the right way. But we know there is far more to parenting than getting children to (laughs) act right. We want to get them to think right and to be motivated out of a love of virtue, a love for God, rather than a fear of punishment. Mm-hmm. So failure to reach their heart is the first problem. And then I believe the second problem is that parents are just not following the instructions in the instruction manual. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I heard, it's I true. once heard Roy Lesson, I love this illustration he gave where he compared God's instructions for parents to an owner's manual for a new appliance. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about it, when you buy a new appliance, the manufacturer provides you with an instruction manual, mm-hmm. tells you how to use the appliance and how to keep it in the best working order. And if something goes wrong, of course, the customer is encouraged to come contact the manufacturer for repairs. It's the same with families. The family was God's idea. He Mm. brought it into being. And in the Bible, he has provided parents with instructions for how it operates best. And so when parents experience problems in training their children, he's also given us that open communication with him through prayer. And he encourages us to contact him. (laughs) And he tells us in James 1, 5, that when we ask him for wisdom, I love this. He promises that he will give it to us. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That is something that we hear often, just what you wrote, you know, in your book where you say, why, why do they act like that? And oftentimes, <laughs> and because there are so many new yeah. uh, moms and dads who are homeschooling, this is new. The children have been separated forever mm-hmm. up until right now. So there is no established anything. Mm-hmm. And right away, they want to can homeschooling because they're blaming it on the actual act of homeschooling. Mm -hmm. But in your book, you write, why do they act like that? That's the wrong question to ask, right? right? Of misbehaving and rude talking children. And tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, well, you know, when my kids were little, I used to be shocked, like a lot of parents, by some of the things that would come <laughs> out of their mouths, mm-hmm. whether it was a uh, whining or lying or talking back <laughs> or whatever. And I was, I found myself asking that same question: Why do you act like that? Yeah. But after a closer look at the Word of God, I began to realize that I was asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. In Matthew twelve thirty four, Jesus explained, "For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of," mm-hmm. and other words, there's merit to that old saying, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. (laughs) Our our sin, it does not begin with our mouths. It begins with our hearts. The sin that shows up in our words, it comes from inside us. And it starts a lot sooner than we might think. King David proclaimed, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So when parents truly grasp just the origin of sin and just the total depravity of the human race in general, We Mm -hmm. no longer have to question why our children sin. So I slowly learned to stop asking, why does my child sin? And instead, I begin to ask myself, 
when my child sins, how might I point him to the fact that he is a sinner just like me in need of a savior? How might I help him understand and really begin to live in that transformational power of Christ? Yeah. You know, because it's not enough, we all teach our children the Bible verses by song, right? Children obey your parents. (laughs) And so, and I'm guilty of it too. I remember just whipping out the songs and thinking, Mm. surely we can do this. We've memorized A through Z. Uh (laughs) Not enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. No. Yeah. And I think too, um, I think sometimes we expect that our kids are going to behave Christianly just because if we're Christian parents, we want them to. Right. But I mean, unless right. they're and until they are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit personally, which what I love about your book is that you get at the heart stuff, you know, when you, the steps that, that we're going to talk about that you, you tell people to undertake, it's far more than just, here's the Bible verse. Now stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, I know some parents listening to this will say, well, you know, where does the Bible talk about some of these things? Like, okay, where's the verse that says thou shalt not whine? We don't, (laughs) we don't have it. Right. So um, how is it that you can say that the Bible has instruction for things like that, that we we can't look it up in the concordance? (laughs) Yep. So you won't really find the word whining and specific instructions for what to do about whining. And, you know, for a while, one of my children really struggled with whining. So I can definitely relate and sympathize with parents. Parents mm-hmm. dealing with that annoying verbal offense. Some are more annoying than others, aren't they? And I'd say whining is right up there at the top of the list. Yes. And you're right. You know, mm-hmm. again, the Bible doesn't talk specifically about whining, but the Bible does talk about self-control. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, whining is an issue of self-control. So when my daughter would whine, well, let's just do a scenario because I know a lot of parents really love to hear those scenarios. Let's just say that my daughter comes into the kitchen and rather than simply asking for a cup of juice, she whines for it. And so I always like to start, like you mentioned, with with questions like heart probing questions instead of just pointing our finger and telling them what not to do. You know, I would ask her something very simple, like, honey, are you asking for juice with Mm self-control? No, you're not, sweetie. God wants you to have self-control, even with your voice. And because I love you so much and I want to help you get that self-control, this is how I handled it in our home. I had this little timer and I said, uh, I'm going to set the timer for three minutes. And when the timer goes off, then you may come back and ask for juice the right way. So you see, I reproved her for whining. I had her suffer the consequences of having to wait (laughs) three minutes, which can seem like an eternity for a small child. Yes. (laughs) And then most important, I want to have her come back and ask for juice with self-control, which is an issue that is addressed in God's word. All behavior is linked to a particular attitude of the heart. So a wise parent is going to learn how to reach past that outward behavior and pull out what is going on in the heart. And then we're able to address it from a biblical perspective. Mm. Way back in the day, my children are 20 and my daughter will be 19 now, but I owned the wise words for mom's chart and I cannot tell you how much I used it. (laughs) It was just so good. And so it was just such a joy to see this book. And I know I I can't wait. We have mom, mom groups here all the time. And I can't Mm -hmm. wait just to show them because that's the thing is, you know, nobody really knows where to look because they're not, they're looking at it just whining or they're looking at Mm -hmm. it just like Mm -hmm. that and not really changing it. But, um, so, um, each chapter in your book addresses a different verbal offense such as lying, tattling, whining, and complaining. 
and you offer a very simple three-step plan for dealing with each one. Tell us about that plan. All right. Well, step one, we've already touched on that a little bit is the heart probing questions. And the reason for that is if you think about it and all the stories in scripture, you know, when someone did something wrong, Jesus didn't wave his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong. And this is what you should have done instead. Instead, Jesus often used heart probing questions. And in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus was a skilled heart prober. He knew how to ask those questions in such a way that the people would have to take their focus off of the circumstances and the situations going on around them and onto the sin in their own heart. So for every verbal offense in the book, I offer two or three very simple questions just to help parents uh, really learn how to get past that outward behavior and pull out what is going on in the heart. And then in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, we were instructed to put off our old self and put on our new self. And let me just read those verses. Those verses say you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on your new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So step two is what to put off. That's what God's word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued. And then step three is what to put on, how to replace what is wrong with what is right. Can you um, go back to the juice example and maybe walk us through, like you told us, you know, the, the reproving and the, the consequence for the three minutes or whatever, but a little bit more mm-hmm. detail about yeah. that. Yeah, sure. So the, the, what to put uh, for, we start out with a heart, with a heart probing question. It's a very simple mm-hmm. question, honey. Are you asking for juice with your self-controlled voice? When we ask a simple question like that, it helps our children take ownership for mm-hmm. what's going on in their heart, which is going to help them recognize that there's sin in their heart, which is going to help them recognize their need for Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's why we want to ask those heart probing questions to help our children learn how to evaluate their own motives and their own heart and recognize their need for Christ. And then as far as what to put off, we would uh, encourage them, um, you know, God wants you to have self-control even with your voice. So that's what they want to put off. And then what are they to put on? They're to put on self-control. So that's why we want to do the three minute wait and then have them come back and ask for juice the right way with their self-controlled voice. So you're, you're probing the heart, you're telling them what to put off and you're telling them what to put on. And, you know, interesting about whining is that I have noticed kids today that, a lot of kids today don't whine just when they want something. A lot of kids today whine just as a general means of communicating. Yeah, why, that is so whining, true. Whining has become an absolute epidemic Absolutely. in America. Yes, it and has. so, and, and this same sort of plan can work even with kids who aren't necessarily asking for something, but are communicating mm-hmm. uh, in a way in, in a way that is not self controlled. So, say that mom is driving the minivan and the child is strapped in the back seat, and he's not necessarily asking for something; he's just talking in a whiny voice. So again, you just <laughs> ask that same kind of question, honey, are you talking yeah. with your self-controlled voice? And no, sweetheart, you're not, you know, God wants you to have self-control even with your voice. And you could use the uh, timer on your phones. We all have cell phones now. So <laughs> you set the timer on there and yeah. when the timer goes off and then the child can come back and ask. Now I know that some of your listeners, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, yeah, great. Well, that might work well for your kids. Uh-huh. I don't know my kid. My kid, when that three-minute timer goes off, my kid wouldn't come back and ask for juice the mm-hmm. right way. Or my kid mm-hmm. trapped in the back seat wouldn't come back and, and 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 talk with self-control. He would just clam up. Well, natural consequences. 
Yes. You don't get that juice. You don't get to have that conversation with mom until you're willing to communicate with self-control. So it's not about, Hey, keep asking about for the juice until you get it right. If you don't ask the second time, you just don't get it. That's right. right. Natural consequences. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I'm telling you, uh, parents tell me that when they are consistent with this and they never give in to whining, Mm -hmm. it completely revolutionizes their home pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, you know, I I talked to a lot of young parents too. And I think Jenny and I've talked about this. They're afraid to discipline because I think they want to be their kid's friend. Yes. And they don't realize that there's a time and a place for that when they're young adults, but not, not until that's (laughs) exactly right. If you don't set the stage, you're not going to have that beautiful relationship with them when they are young adults. We have to be willing to not be popular at any given moment. Right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Black and white have just turned to gray with the whole who's in charge. It it really, even right Mm -hmm. from the start, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole idea of, do you want to homeschool? I mean, we shut that down right away. We're not asking, we're not asking our children. Yeah. This is what we're doing because we're the parents, but yeah. And we need to establish those boundaries. Who is the parent and who is the child? Because when we ask our kids questions like that, and we're letting them make decisions that they're Mm. not mature or responsible Mm. enough to make, it erases that line that, uh, that got that authority that God has placed between, uh, as the parent being the, the authority over the child. And it brings that child up to a peer level with the parent. Mm -hmm. And that causes confusion. And insecurities. Right. Yep. So we need to clearly instruct our kids and be the parent because that's, right. that's that's really, even though they'll resist that authority, they find much security in knowing where their boundaries are. Really with boundaries come freedom because yes, when we yes. give, when we establish boundaries, we're giving our kids the freedom to determine when there'll be consequences. They're corrected by their own choice rather than it being based on the mood or the whim of the parent. And Mm -hmm. so a secure, anger-free child is a child that knows his boundaries and is consistently corrected when he oversteps those boundaries, because that's also how they learn the law of the harvest. They learn that God has built the principle of sowing and reaping into their worlds. Mm -hmm. And with that lesson comes wisdom. So that's a lesson that we want to teach, not avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Is it ever too late? You know, what if you only have a 10 and a 12 year old and a 13 and a half year old going on 47? It is never <laughs> too late. I can't tell you how many times I'll have parents come and listen uh, to me speak at one of my conferences and they'll come up with tears in their eyes and they'll say, you know what? I've already blown it. It's completely too late. Mm. My kid's already nine or 10 years old and I just haven't been reaching their hearts and I've only been addressing that outward behavior. It is never, right. ever too late. God knows when we're going to hear uh, biblical instruction. He, it, that's what I tell people when they come to my conference. I'm like, God knew when you would hear this. He knew how old your child was going to be when you heard this. And so what I encourage parents when they listen to this sort of teaching and they realize that maybe they've missed the mark a little bit, A, be excited that God has revealed this to you now and B, be willing to go and ask your child's forgiveness. I just Mm -hmm. encourage just start over to sit your kids down and say, you know what? I just realized God has shown me something recently that I have not been uh, training you the way that I should. It's my responsibility as your mom to train you to obey and to live wisely. But I have been allowing you to disobey and to live foolishly. Will you forgive me for that? Mm -hmm. And then just go over what that standard is. And and one thing that I always told my kids uh, before any sort of consequences, I would always say, I love you too much to allow allow you to disobey and to live foolishly. Mm -hmm. Well, even just reading through your book and and for me using that um, wise 
words for women. Is that, is that the title? Wise words for moms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wise words for moms. Mm -hmm. I mean, my heart would be convicted because are Mm -hmm. we ever really all there? Not really. I I remember (laughs) doing devotions um, one morning with the kids and Madeline saying, mom, this is a great one for you. And guess what it was? (laughs) It was self-control. And I thought Uh, to myself, yes, it is. So even that, I mean, just reading through this, I mean, we're always and forever, so long as we have breath learning these things. And that's right. And, and we, and our kids need to see that we don't have it all together either, that sometimes we blow it. And those times that we blow it, you know, I mean, I read all the parenting books because I wanted to be a great mom. And then I even wrote a couple of parenting books, but I still blew it with my kids sometimes. But even in those moments, even though I knew better, uh, the times that I blew it, uh, God really used those moments as precious Mm -hmm. opportunities for me to demonstrate to my kids what the conviction of the Holy spirit looks like and yeah. how we're to respond to the yeah. conviction of the Holy Spirit. So the times that I blew it with my kids, you know, I might have to, again, sit them down and say, um, you know, the way that I just, the angry way that I just spoke mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. you know, it did not show respect for you and it did not honor God. So, you know, please forgive me and let me try that again in a way that does show respect for you in mm-hmm. a way that does honor God. So when we're willing to humble ourselves and let our kids see that we need Jesus yes. uh, just as much as they do, and we're willing to ask for forgiveness and we model that for them, man, God's grace comes down in those moments. And, and our kids, it, it helps them to even have a, more respect for us because they see that we're not above all of that. We all need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, this is such a gem of a book for us here at the homeschool loft. And we have so many parents come in that are just Um, would have never imagined themselves in the homeschool world at all. Mm -hmm. And I do some groups with the moms and I just, we're going to just use this book and promote it so much because (laughs) I think that everybody in our whole nation needs to read the book. (laughs) That's what I think. (laughs) Well, I think it's good for us to have a plan. I think a lot of times when we do blow it, uh, it's because we really don't know how to respond. And so in our frustration, we respond the wrong way. So sometimes just having a plan of action right in front of us, that's going to help us to have some accountability in the way that we respond. And, uh, you know, you guys were talking about the wise words for mom's chart. I originally created that for me, uh, just so that I would have that plan of action. And I, I punched holes in mine and I had it hanging in my kitchen when my sweet little angels grew horns and I was in a house <laughs> for words. And it just helped me tremendously because I don't know about you guys, but you know, when I would be in the heat of the moment, you know, maybe I'm, uh, upset about something or busy with something or distracted. And, you know, my kids would do something. If I didn't have that right in front of me, I would find myself in the heat of the moment, sometimes, uh, not relying on God's word and God's wisdom, but my own wisdom. And and that was never beneficial for any of us. So just having that three-step plan right in front of me, it helped me to be more consistent in the way that I probed my kids' hearts and then pointed them to the word of God, because you know, it's hard to scream the word of God at them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And to have those specific verses, because, you know, we should all be in the word daily and studying and if, if the Lord brings different verses to our minds for our mm-hmm. particular kids, that's wonderful. But right. 
I so appreciate how you've given us starter verses, really. You know, we need yeah, a lot of moms to start. So yeah, a lot of moms refer to it as their cheat sheet. Really, I shouldn't uh, have even <laughs> taken credit for it because all I did is I just came up with all these different behaviors that kids struggled with, including my own. And then I just and then I just looked up the scripture. So I basically just did the homework for everybody. <laughs> a lot of moms refer to it as their cheat sheet. <laughs> but we need that. You know, we're in the midst yeah, of everything. And so right. you know, if we don't want to be ineffective, we need to we need to have something to go too. Well, That's it's like right. we had just plethora of books, right? Our whole, all over our house, but that black and white little calendar looking. <laughs> yep. The little <laughs> flip chart. <laughs> we brought that thing every time. I mean, because it was like, this is it. And it was just, God put it on your heart for all of us, Ginger. And I am forever grateful. Well, it's his word. It's just, I just organized the word of God. Yeah. That's all I did. So I really don't, shouldn't even take any of the credit for it. <laughs> oh, um, so another thing that you do is you have your own podcast, right? It's called Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what people can expect from it if they subscribe? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast, it's a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behavior, address the issues of the heart, and then point their children to the transformational power of Christ. And from a practical standpoint, we are super passionate about helping uh, parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues of disobedience and defiance and into a confident and biblical and heart-oriented approach to raising their kids. Mm. So they get to listen in once a week and get that little, like, uh, I don't know, extra, extra push, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. That little shot of uh, wisdom from God's word. So we try to base everything on scripture and it's yeah. super practical. We deal with stuff like what to do when kids tattle, what to do uh, when they complain, what to do when it seems like they have no interest in pursuing God. Mm -hmm. um, we cover a different, very practical topic every week. So um, yeah, so hopefully you'll, uh, some of your listeners will tune in and get some weekly encouragement from that. I also love to encourage parents daily on Instagram. You can find me at ginger.hubbard on there, uh, encouraging folks. And so that's a great way to connect with me as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Ginger. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And thank you so much for tuning in today and listening. And I hope that you know, moms and dads, that God has called you to this and he will always see you through it when you remain in his word, mm -hmm. in his strength. And he has gifted you with so many different resources, but the biggest one is his word. Mm -hmm.